The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? No, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. We have got some news updates for you on this Thursday edition of Fantasy Football Today. Dalvin Cook visiting the Jets. Some interesting comments on J.K. Dobbins from his head coach, Jim Harbaugh. But we're talking about building teams. It's a team-building exercise today here on FFT. We had a 12-team half PPR mock draft that we did earlier this week. We're going to take a look at our builds. We're going to take a look at some other builds and things like that. Here's the first thing I want to talk to you about looking at this draft, guys. The three managers who took one of the elite quarterbacks, Mahomes, Hurts, Allen, none of them drafted a tight end until round 10 or later. And those tight ends were Evan Ingram, Greg Dulcich, and Dalton Schultz. Heath, what do you think about that? Uh, you know, trying to build the rest of your roster because you spent a very early pick on Mahomes, Hurts, or Allen, and waiting and waiting and waiting for a tight end. Yeah, I think we've had this discussion before about whether it makes sense to take an elite tight end and an elite quarterback. I'm okay doing it, especially in full PPR. But... Um, it does make it more difficult, especially at wide receiver, I think. Like, there's, there's the way the drafts are going right now, there's going to be running backs available in round seven, round eight, round nine. But the, the wide receivers really get rough. But let me ask you a question, though, Adam, because are we talking about one of the top two tight ends? Or are we talking about that next group of tight ends as well? Well, you know, look, I, I mean, have, Are you talking about taking Hurts and Darren Waller, or are you talking about taking Hurts and, and Andrews? Like, what's... I'm just saying they didn't do either of that. They waited and they took... You know, they left that top seven group and, and waited till around 10 or later to take their tight end. So, look, we have a team that has Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews. That's an interesting team. I have Burrow and Kittle. That team got the highest rated draft rate... Draft rate? Draft grade of our uh, <laughs> from our our, our automated uh, recap. I think it's a good team. Why don't you know what? Why don't we talk about that team? Let's see. How do you guys feel about this build? Jack Capitordo 
Take a look. Where is he? He's team seven. Is it seven or eight? Eight. Team eight. He had Barkley, Devontae Adams, Mark Andrews, Lamar Jackson. So his first four picks were one of each position. Barkley, Devontae, Mark Andrews, Lamar Jackson. His starting lineup's going to be Lamar, Barkley, and James Conner, Adams, Deontay Johnson, and Mike Evans. Maybe that makes you a little queasy. Um, Mark Andrews. And then his flex is what? Traylon Burks? I don't know. I don't know. I, I What do you think? You like that team? I mean, I feel like Deontay and Evans might make people a little, little hesitant here. Um, and then just Traylon Burks at flex. Thoughts? Well, this is this is what you... I mean, you could use Pacheco at flex. That's not a bad half PPR flex. Um, I, I think the... This is what happens if you take a quarterback and a tight end in the first five rounds when you're starting three receivers. So, you know, Jack obviously prioritized a second running back ahead of a second receiver by taking James Conner over a second receiver. Now, I think Deontay Johnson's a great second receiver because I do think he's going to have some bounce back appeal. Obviously, he's better in full PPR where his catches matter the most and the you know amount of targets he'll see. He has to find the end zone at least once mm-hmm. uh, to, to be better. But... Um, he did exactly what you were talking about. He took one of the top five quarterbacks, wherever you want to put the cutoff for Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews, and has the benefit of the stack, if you want to look at that in, in redraft, but also the top-tier tight end and top-tier quarterback. Yeah, I think this is what, what I just said. Like He does not have a wide receiver, too, really, is what I would say. Like Especially in half PPR, he's, he's got... A, a good wide receiver one. He's got a, a great RB one. And I, I was not enjoying Jack's draft because he sniped me in round one and in round three. Mm. Um, I was pretty excited about Barkley. I was pretty excited about Andrews. Didn't get either one of them. But like, if if Baker Mayfield is as bad as he was last year and Kyle Trask is as bad as we think he is, then, then he might not even have... It looks right now like he has a wide receiver one and two wide receiver threes. Um... You would have drafted, by the way, Heath, you would have drafted Barkley over Cooper Cup because you took Cup with the next pick. Yeah, I think so. Okay. So, yeah, look, it's maybe he... Actually, let me ask you this before I get into that. Uh, would you rather have... What combo would you rather have? And it's easy to say this after the draft plays out. You don't know you're going to be able to do this. But Calvin Ridley and Darren Waller or Deontay Johnson and Mark Andrews? Uh, I would rather have Andrews and... Deontay Johnson. Okay. That's basically what it ended up being. And when he took Andrews, he was one pick after Ridley went. And when he took Johnson, it was one pick, I think, before Waller went. This was um, the about the earliest we've seen Waller go in our drafts, right? Was he tied in five? I don't know. Ask Jamie. Jamie wrote the article. <laughs> um, I really wasn't looking, and I haven't been keeping track of our drafts, specifically where Waller yes. has gone, but... I would say it's definitely the lowest I've seen Kittle go because I know Adam specifically drafted Kittle. It was what, like round eight? Yeah, baby. Uh, that was a great something pick. Something like that. Round eight. Yep. And you're I right, remember, Heath. I remember. It was round. Uh, yeah, sorry. Waller was tight end five. Go ahead, Jamie. Yeah, no, it's, uh, this is, you know, now that I'm looking at it, the way the tight ends were drafted was a little bit, it was very different. You know, we saw Andrews typically goes early round three. He fell to basically the end of round three. Uh, we saw Kyle Pitts go ahead of, TJ Hawkinson, and then Waller, I guess you could say a little bit early in round six, but I, I think that's fine. Um, but it felt like it was just amazing value for for Kittle where you got him in the beginning of round eight. All right, so if we were going to put a little summary on it, 
your thoughts with maybe taking a tight end and a quarterback in the first five rounds? All good. I, I would say if it's the top two guys, easy, mm-hmm. because you know what you're getting at the tight end spot. I would not love it, even if it's Mahomes, Allen, or Hurts with the other guys. I'd extend it to being okay with Hawkinson in round five. Like if you took one of the QBs in round three and then Hawkinson in round five, I'd be okay with that. All right. We, we will get back into that in a little bit. Uh, you've got four more days to help us win on podcast awards. Go nominate us. Get us to the next round. Uh, People's Choice Award, Best Male Hosted Podcast, and Best Sports Podcast. Again, People's Choice, Best Male Hosted Podcast, Best Sports Podcast. Go to podcastawards.com. Sign up. Nominate us. You will be done in less than a minute. Unless you're really bad with computers, then it might take you about two minutes, but you'll be done quickly. We have a lot of other podcasts that you might want to listen to, soccer podcasts. I mean, we've got um, great soccer shows, and obviously the women with, uh, I don't know, was it a disappointing draw last night? They had a little stretch there in in like the 80th-ish minute where they were at like three or four corner kicks in a row. I thought they were going to... Get it was that. exciting there. Yeah. It was, right? I mean, I only saw like the last 15, 20 minutes, but they put a lot of pressure on. Uh, you saw that one beautiful pass, I think by Morgan, and then the the teammate, I don't know her name, she kicked the ball just wide of the net, but it was actually a beautiful play. Uh, anyway. Yeah, the one where the the, the Netherlands player uh, saved it. But they were they were just, you know, playing back the entire time after the the score was tied. They were, they were playing for a draw. Who, the Netherlands? Yeah, that's what it felt like. Yeah. Well, it was uh, it was a fun game. And why don't you listen to people who actually know the the roster? Um, go listen to one of our soccer podcasts. And we have uh, we have uh, combat podcasts like college football. We got everything. Go to cbssports.com slash podcasts. All right, the big news. Dalvin Cook is visiting the Jets today. I don't really know. You want to talk about this? You want to wait until he leaves the Jets? I thought he was visiting the Jets Sunday. Oh, he's sorry. visiting New York. He's visiting he's New, York to New York today. Oh, we're, yeah. he's hanging out with me today. I forgot. We have I believe he's to go on to the uh, Good Morning Football. Ian Rappaport tweeted on tomorrow's show. And then I think he's visiting the team on Sunday. He, uh, he tweeted, very interesting tweet, off to the airport like dot, dot, dot. And it was a, his long touchdown run against the Dolphins from last year. So very interesting that he picked that highlight to show Maybe show the Dolphins what they're going to lose out on. <laughs> I, I, that's what I wondered is like, it's rare that we hear about a free agent visit three days before he's going to meet with the team. This feels almost like one of those don't make me turn this car around thing. Like Dalvin saying to the Dolphins, I'm going to go sign with the Jets. I'm going to go sign with the Jets. Cause then we got a report from Zach Rosenblatt. Don't be surprised if the Jets sign Dalvin Cook before he leaves. Okay. Well, that usually is what happens. They don't like to let players get out of the building if they have the opportunity to, to keep them there because of that scenario. But I, I also think that his, he may have, the Jets may have said, come, or, or however this worked out, I'm going to be in New York for a media visit. And then they scheduled the visit. After, you know, I mean, how, how, we don't know how this, the itinerary was planned. You know, he may have dinner plans. Yeah, I think Broadway. City. I think he's going to a show. Might see a Broadway show. Uh-huh. Might want to go see the top of the Empire State Building. <laughs> All these things. Speaking of which, I think Adam, I'm going to be in New York next week. I think Adam's blowing me off. I am blowing you off. I'm sorry. Yep. I, I, I wouldn't really say that. I would say my whole family's going to be up here visiting, so I just can't can't get to this. You're more than we're having a barbecue. You're more than welcome to come. Why don't you come out to Westchester and barbecue with the family? Yeah, that's not going to happen. But Why? you, know, you could take you know you could take an hour out of your day to come come meet me for a little. It's bit. more like a four four hours out of my day. 
Um, let's talk about uh, J.K. Dobbins here. He's on the pup list. He might not be injured, though. We know he's uh, disappointed in his contract. And Jim Harbaugh was basically saying, yeah, it's the J.K. thing. So, um, Heath, your take on the Dobbins situation. It's kind of like what I said yesterday about Jonathan Taylor. Like, I wonder if that was one of the things on the running back Zoom call is, should we uh, not play hurt as much as we do? And I wonder if a couple of these guys are just not wanting to practice because they're not happy yeah. with their contract, but they're still in the building because, again, both of these guys have new offenses that they need to be on the same page as the rest of the team on. So it seems – I wonder if it's a compromise. Like, I'll be there. Don't make me practice. The only thing about that, though, and, and I think you're right in, in the premise, I believe if they're on the pup list or the NFI list, a doctor actually has to put them there. Now, both these guys are coming off of injury situations, so it's easy to say my ankle's still bothering me. I don't think I'm ready to practice. And the doctor says, you're right. We're not going to rush it. The team says that. Makes makes total sense. But usually what we see in this situation, at least the past couple of years, has been the hold in. So they report, but I'm not going to practice. So I'll be here. I'll be a good soldier. I'll be in meetings, all those things. Um, and then they just don't go on the field. So that that's 100%, I think, what it is with both these guys because it, it just feels as if they're wanting to make some sort of a statement without making a statement, but still making a statement. I will make a statement. Running backs might be underpaid, but J.K. Dobbins is not one that has a lot of leverage. He has proven <laughs> very, very little. I mean, we like him, but I think I think he's not coming from the same position that Jonathan Taylor is coming from. But I, Also, like the difference between these guys and Josh Jacobs is they're under contract, so if they didn't show up, if they were holding out, right. they'd be getting fined every day and losing money. Jacobs isn't losing any money. Uh, Zach Ertz is on the pup list, but he did not rule out a week one return. Kyler Murray's timetable is still unclear. Heath, give me 10 seconds on the Cardinals' tight ends. Trey McBride could be a league winner in the last round of drafts if Zach Ertz doesn't play this year. I'm afraid Zach Ertz is going to try to play, and they're both going to kind of be mid. Okay. Antonio Gibson says he expects to play a third down back role, similar to J.D. McKissick's role. Um, McKissick actually had 24 catches in his first five games. He scored 7.8 to 13.3 PPR fantasy points in each game. That is a guy you're starting in PPR leagues as a flex, probably. Washington went 1-4 in those games. Then Washington went 3-0 and in the next three games, and McKissick had 10 targets and three catches. Uh, but that's, Isn't this something we already knew, though? I would like for him to be a little bit more than that. I mean, I'd like for him to maybe get 7-8 carries and get that role. Well, I, I think he will. You think he will? Yeah. Yes. I don't know, seven to eight, but I would say, you know, at least five per game. Uh, Rashad Penny worked with the first team for the Eagles. And Cole Komet, hmm, four years, 50 million, 32.8 million guaranteed. Here's what Matt Eberflus had to say, their head coach. Our offense is something that really enhances the tight ends. We'll see it more this year with the screens and the mismatches and the singles on the backside. He's developing just like we want him to, and we're excited where he is now. That's Eberflus on Cole Komet. Jamie, do we have a sleeper tight end here in Cole Komet? We, we certainly might. Uh, you know, I, I think the signing of Robert Tunyon is a, a little bit of an issue for what could happen for Cole Komet. He's such a good blocker that I think we're going to see him. You know, this is as much as why he got paid as, as, as well as his you know, receiving potential. But yeah, I mean, look, you're going to see a better Justin Fields. You're going to see a better offense. And so as a result of that, everybody will benefit. DJ Moore will open the field for all of these guys and allow Cole Komet to make some plays. So yes, he's in the sleeper category. Uh, should you draft him as your number one tight end? Probably not. If you are inclined to take two, 
this is a perfect number two tight end to take a shot on. And so I, I think, you know, just to go back to what he said, I think Trey McBride, for example, is somebody that will get you off to a, a potentially decent start. Whether that continues for the full season, we'll see because Zach Ertz's health will determine that. But if at some point Cole Komet gets in one of those hot stretches, you know, you get that pocket of, of strong performance, then you can pivot to him. So I don't know he's going to get drafted in many leagues, but this is somebody I definitely want to keep an eye on. Okay, we're going to take a break. I wanted to talk about Jarek McKinnon. Uh, I have just some interesting stuff I want to talk about with him, and we can certainly compare him to Antonio Gibson because I kind of poo-pooed Jarek McKinnon, I think, on yesterday's show. I think I was a little bit premature, but the Chiefs' offense is so fascinating to me. We'll talk about that later in the show. We do have to talk about team building right now and how we went about building our rosters in our half PPR 12-team league, and we will do that after this break. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right. I don't even remember. Was the draft Monday or Tuesday, Jamie, at this point? What was it? It was Tuesday. Okay. And get ready for an onslaught of mock drafts coming up. Yes. Love- Starting oh. next week. And live streams. We're going to start doing YouTube-only content, likely on Tuesday nights. I think we're starting next Tuesday. I will keep you posted. We're looking at about 7 p.m. Eastern for these Tuesday night mock drafts. I think that will ultimately be up to Jamie. Um, And uh, we'll have guests on from the industry. Might even have some of you on as a donation to St. Jude. We're going to do all different types of formats, non-PPR, super flex, you know, so so there will be something for you if in your specific league to go to YouTube, youtube.com slash fantasy football today and take a look at one of our mock drafts, um, which we'll be doing every week. So I'm very excited to start that. And uh, I'm very excited to talk about this draft that we did earlier this week. And I already forgot Jamie's answer. I think he said it was Monday. It doesn't really matter. Here we go. It was Tuesday. A, it was Tuesday. OK, damn it. It was a 12-team league, half PPR. You start one quarterback and one tight end, two running backs, three wide receivers, and a flex. Jamie had the first pick. Heath had the ninth pick. I had the 11th pick. We will talk about our three builds, but also other teams in the league. So, Jamie, very interesting strategy. Did this work? You went with three wide receivers with your first three picks at number one, number 24, and number 25. And those were Justin Jefferson, Devontae Smith, and T. Higgins. And if you're asking, which running backs did Jamie pass up? Well, let's see. Um, Derrick Henry, Tony Pollard, Jonathan Taylor, Josh Jacobs, they were all off the board. Ramondre Stevenson went at 211. And the next running backs off the board were Mixon, ETN, Aaron Jones, Brees Hall. So my first question for you, Jefferson, Devontae Smith, T. Higgins, and I'll spoil it, your next two picks were Damian Pierce and J.K. Dobbins. Um... 
if Ramondre Stevenson had been on the board instead of being selected at 211, would you still have gone with three receivers or would you have taken Stevenson? I would have taken Stevenson in a heartbeat. Um, and, and I wasn't considering the other running backs. He was the last one for me because I like the receivers better. The tough call, honestly, was the two receivers versus the quarterback. And I wanted to see how it would play out with you know two guys in particular. I ended up getting one of them um, at the quarterback position because it was going to be Justin Herbert or Trevor Lawrence to see if I can do that. Because since you already said I took the running backs, I also took those running backs over Justin Fields. And so this was just a... Uh, a conscious decision to pass on the quarterbacks to see at what point, if at all, I, I could maybe get Herbert or or Lawrence, and, and it worked out with getting Lawrence. But um, that was my 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 tough decision at the two three turn was taking those two receivers or taking Allen or Hertz. That's the order I have mm-hmm. them, uh, and both were still on the board at that point. And in retrospect, do you think you did the right thing? You ended up with Lawrence uh, with the last pick of round six instead of. One of the big, or instead of Mahomes is off the board, right? But Allen or Hurts at the two three turn, you think that worked out for you? I mean, I'm happy with it. There's, there's obviously a, a, a clear, you know, separation of, of the quarterback talent. But I think in terms of the receivers in a three receiver league, good luck facing me every week when I have Jefferson, Smith, and Higgins if they're playing like they're capable of. Okay, so obviously the first, you know, people probably think, all right, he took three receivers with his first three picks. He didn't take a running back until 48th and 49th overall. How did he do at running back? Here are Jamie's running backs, again, in a 12-team league. Damian Pierce and Alexander Madison went one pick ahead. I don't know if that, was that like, uh, ah, damn it. No, Dobbins and Pierce I have ranked ahead of Madison, so it worked out well for me. And this is half PPR. So Pierce, Dobbins, James Cook, Khalil Herbert, Elijah Mitchell, and Zamir White. (laughs) Talk about lottery ticket there. Pierce, Dobbins, James Cook, Khalil Herbert, Elijah Mitchell, and Zamir White. And he has Trevor Lawrence and Pat Fryermuth at quarterback and tight end. And again, Jefferson, Devontae Smith, T. Higgins, plus Beckham, Mooney, and Zay Jones. So Heath, how did he do at running back with Pierce, Dobbins, James Cook, Khalil Herbert, Elijah Mitchell, Zamir White? Good enough to justify the first three picks all being receivers? Yeah, I think... Like you want a lot of shots. If you're not going to have a surefire RB one, you want a lot of shots of guys who could be. Damian Pierce showed us for like ten weeks that he could be last year. J.K. Dobbins has the pedigree that he could be if he's 100% healthy and they don't split the carries up like they have in the past. And then James Cook and Khalil Herbert both have opportunities to be the clear RB one on their own team. So, and then Mitchell and Zamir White too, like you said, lottery tickets if the guy in front of them is not available. You know, Jamie, I wonder one thing that maybe would have bothered you, maybe. You took Trevor Lawrence. He was quarterback eight. And you took him, uh, let's see, at the 72nd overall pick. Is that right? The very end of round six. Um, There was no other quarterback that went until the middle of round eight. So at that point, Mahomes, Hurts, Allen, Burrow, uh, Jackson, Fields, and Herbert were all off the board. You get Lawrence at QB7. If somebody had taken him, uh, would you, you know, then you would have been in the Tua, Watson, Richardson group. Would you been, would that have bothered you? I, I mean, how much differently would you have felt about your team if you didn't have Trevor Lawrence? It would not have bothered me if I knew I was going to get Anthony Richardson at the end of round nine, let's just say, or the eight, nine turn. So, uh, no, I would not the, have been. Whoa, sorry. Oh, yeah, 8-9 turn. My bad. I'm sorry. It's, yes. I mean, it's basically just a choice between Richardson and Goddard or Lawrence and Fryermuth, right? Uh, yes. So what I probably would have done would have taken Goddard and James Cook 
and passed on Lawrence there. And then if you would have told me that I was definitely guaranteed to get Anthony Richardson instead of Friermuth, then yes, I would have played that out that way. Okay, and you feel the same way if it wasn't Richardson, if it had been Watson or Tua? Uh, no, I would be perfectly fine with that. Right. Perfectly fine with that. All right, so Jamie goes with three but, wide But I wouldn't have had a shot at Tua because Tua went. Right, I'm just saying, like, let's say that Tua pick had been Richardson or something, and then, you know, uh, sure. Tua had fallen to you. But, all right, Jamie starts with three receivers at the number one pick, Jefferson, then Devontae Smith, T. Higgins. He ends up with Damian Pierce, J.K. Dobbins as his starting running backs, Trevor Lawrence at quarterback, Pat Fryermuth at tight end, and then at flex, either James Cook or Khalil Herbert with Beckham, Mitchell, Mooney, Zamir White, and Zay Jones on the bench. Okay, Heath, you had the ninth pick. And do you want to just tell us maybe, all right, let's look at the first eight picks. Jefferson, Chase, McCaffrey, Eckler, Bijan, Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Saquon Barkley. Three receiver, half PPR league. Um, what's what's your thought process here with the ninth overall pick? I mean, in full PPR, I'm pretty stoked to get Cooper Cup at number nine. But in half PPR, I would have preferred Barkley. Um, took Cooper Cup there. Took Jonathan Taylor. Now, I think I probably, going back, had Josh Jacobs ranked ahead of Cooper Cup, and this is the second time this has happened in mock drafts in the last three weeks where I've thought, well, nobody else is going to take Josh Jacobs before I take him in early round two, so I'll just take somebody else in late round one. And then somebody else took Josh Jacobs right before I picked in round two. So I may have to stop saying that nobody else is going to take him before I get get to pick again. <laughs> I mean, if you're playing in a not, playing with without colleagues, you might be right about that. Well, this was the first time... Maybe also that, like, how often do we see in our drafts Josh Jacobs go ahead of Jonathan Taylor? How often do we see A.J. Brown go ahead of Stefan Diggs? That was the same guy. Yeah. Who, you know, I don't think he, I don't love it. I mean, A.J. Brown and Josh Jacobs <laughs> with his first two picks, and I, I was picking after, I mean, I was thrilled, so I got Diggs instead of A.J. Brown. But, hey, I mean, A.J. Brown's great. Um, it, if you're thinking... I know it's not set in stone, but you're thinking, okay, I have the ninth pick, and this is obviously what I was thinking with the 11th pick. Probably going to end up with a running back and a wide receiver here. Uh, does the order matter to you? It, the order doesn't matter. Um, again, it just comes down to like which guy you want. And I, I think like knowing that I could have either Jacobs or Taylor, one of those guys was going to fall to me at nine, which is the way it turned out. Then I definitely want to take a wide receiver first because I wouldn't want to because I would have taken Jacobs or Taylor at nine, and Cup wasn't going to be there in the second round. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you look at round two in a half PPR league, and picks thirteen or fourteen, fifteen, and sixteen are Chubb, Jacobs, and Jonathan Taylor, and you still have Pollard and Henry. It's a strong round. Of running backs. All right, so let's talk it's about what we're going to see, build. though. That's the thing. We're going to see a lot of these guys in round two, especially if Jacob's holdout continues. So, you know, you ask, do you, do you have a preference, wide receiver or running back? I think you're going to take the wide receiver, or you should. Um, you see, wide receiver. You say in the first round, yeah, just because. I mean, look, is if everybody's healthy, is there that much difference between Taylor and and Jacobs? Is there that much difference for what we're going to see between Barkley and Pollard? Right. Potentially, but, I mean, you know, there's a lot to love about those guys. But I think, you know, if you're saying, I don't know how much of a huge difference there is, but to me there's there's a pretty decent gap of Stephon Diggs and Amara St. Brown. I wouldn't go with him, though. I'd go with Devontae Adams or okay, Garrett still. Wilson. Go back to the tiers. I mean, I, I you know, we, you had this 
you wanted to make the point of Stephon Diggs oh, being in tier one, right? Agree with you on Diggs. What about A.J. Brown and C.D. Lamb, though? Like, I mean, because to me, well, I'm thinking I, mean, I would have taken the running backs over A.J. Brown and C.D. Lamb. I would have taken that, that, Taylor that, Jacobs. That's fine. Chuck. That's fine. But you're getting to the end of it. I mean, look, we're not going to see all receivers go in the first round. But, you know, if you are talking about, you know, your the, the 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 questions I think are a little bit more with the running backs than they are with the receivers. Yeah, and like does it like I know we're we're focusing a lot on this AJ Brown at pick ten thing, but he took Josh Jacobs with the third pick of of round two. So does it matter? Like if you take in Jacobs in round one and AJ Brown in round two, it would look more normal. Well, Jacobs is just an interesting test case because yeah. he's going <laughs> to really start to slide. I'm not. I am not not nervous about the Jacob situation. I, I saw. You what, think that he might sit out? I saw what Jamie retweeted. He t- retweeted Rick Spielman, who now works for us, former GM of the Vikings. Correct me if I'm wrong, Jamie, but Rick was basically saying he doesn't. He's not convinced that the Raiders, uh, you know, really want. What was he saying? That they really want Jacobs there. He said basically. Josh McDaniels. He he McDaniels. doesn't think Josh McDaniels wants Josh Jacobs, and I, I th- because of his history with the Patriots of using you know running backs by committee. I think that the. the you know, if you start to connect the dots, clearly the Giants wanted to make Saquon Barkley happy in some way, shape, or form, or at least get him into the building by giving him the $900,000 worth of incentives. The, the, the Raiders' story is that they didn't even come close to trying to even offer something that would make Jacobs happy. And there was the, the previous story about, you know, Saquon turning down $13 million a year, you know, this offseason because he thought he was going to get more. So it just seems as if that Jacobs is going to make somewhat of a stand to what degree we don't know. I don't think he's going to go the Le'Veon Bell route, but you know, at some point he's going to, you know, I think show up, but the more he's away. And again, we're, we're nitpicking here because like I said, is there that much difference in terms of where the ceiling lies for Taylor versus Jacobs versus Pollard versus Barkley? If they're all healthy and all playing 17 games, I, I you know, it, it's going to be probably decimal points, you know, if everybody's doing what they're capable of doing. So why would you take Jacobs over those guys right now? If you if you are concerned, if you're not yeah. concerned, then you take Jacobs. But if you are concerned, you take Taylor, you take Pollard, you take Barkley, you take Henry, you take you know Chubb, all these guys. Uh, so, okay, so I guess we can move on then. Um, just in here, I'm looking at the comments in the YouTube chat, and they're just butchering the spelling of Thomas Schaefer's last name. I feel bad for Schaefer T. There's no C in there, but. Uh, I do actually encourage all of you to watch this episode if you can on YouTube, youtube.com slash fantasy football today, because you can look at the draft board. It will probably be very helpful for you. So back to Heath's build Cooper Cup and Jonathan Taylor in the first two rounds, Aaron Jones and DJ Moore in rounds three and four. So you, Heath, waited on quarterback and tight end. You did not take any of them until round eight for Richardson in round eight. Uh, no, sorry, Najoku in round eight. Richardson in round nine, Dak Prescott in round 11. So your first seven picks are running backs and wide receivers. And how do you feel about that build kind of uh, not in the elite tier at either quarterback or tight end, at least the elite tier as we see it before the season starts? Right. Yeah, I think um, I I probably lean towards preferring at being in the elite tier at those two. But I don't know that picking at the end of round three gives you that opportunity. Like, I didn't get a chance to draft Mahomes, Allen, or Hertz. And I think there should be a little more distance between those guys and Burrow and Lamar and Fields. So I'm not going to take them at, at the end of round three or at the start of round four. Okay. Um, the t- Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey are going to be gone before I – Kelsey gone before I pick at all. Andrews gone before I pick in round three. 
Like, I just think like the way this, the structure of this is working out, I don't know that picking at the end of the draft, you get a lot of choice at those guys, unless you want to really draft them ahead of where they're normally going to go. See, that's the thing though. I think based on what you just said there, where they're normally going to go, I think we're going to see Mahomes and maybe one of the other two quarterbacks go beginning around two. Not in our drafts, but in right. our drafts. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know where, where a guy like Joe Burrow is going to go. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if he if he or Lamar Jackson are, are late second-round picks in some drafts. You and I have a different philosophy here. I think this is interesting. You know, you drafted ninth, I drafted 11th. I, I did take Burrow in round three, 311. Um, and it turns out Justin Herbert did not make it, would not have made it back to me. He went one pick before me. Uh, maybe if I didn't take but Burrow, you, maybe he would have. You see, obviously, and I think the, like we've talked about this as being tier, especially during the tiers episodes, like it's the big three, Mahomes, Hurts, Allen. Then it's the next three, Burrow, Fields, Jackson in some order. I, I've got Burrow, I think, sixth of that group, but some they're all really close for most of us. Uh-huh. You obviously don't think they're very close at all because the, otherwise there'd be no reason to take Joe Burrow when there's no way that Jacob's taking more than one quarterback and you could just take Fields or Lawrence with your next pick. Yeah, so when I took Burrow, there was no there was no player that I felt I really needed to get. Now, if this had been a full PPR league, I would have taken Jameer Gibbs there. Uh, in a half PPR league, I think that might be a little bit rich at 311. Um, so I wanted to secure the quarterback. I just, in a six-point per passing touchdown league, there's just something so safe, so secure about Joe Burrow. And I do think that he has potential to be pretty close to Mahomes, Allen, and Hurts because he was pretty close to them in the games last year where he had a healthy Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. Um, so, so, so to me... You, if you were ranking them, would you rank Burrow closer to that big three than the other two? In a six-point-per-passing touchdown league, I would. You think he has more upside than Lamar and Fields? No, I think he has less downside. Okay. And I think when you get to this point in the draft, you know, what I always try to remind myself is that if you look at your team when you draft it and you look at your team in week whatever, if you win the championship... It's so different, right? So I think there's a lot of bust potential with some of the picks in this range. So I just said, you know what? I'm just going to take Joe Burrow, get a guy that is super safe um, and has big upside. I think he could score more than 28 points per game. I don't think he can get the 30, 31. I don't think he can have that kind of season. But 28, I think, is realistic in a six-point per passing touchdown league. So I wanted that quarterback. Um, I think it would have been interesting if I didn't take him, if I had gotten Justin Herbert in round six, or round five, rather, two rounds later, which I almost did. He went the pick before my fifth-round pick. Then I would have felt silly about it, but I decided it was worth it to take Burrow there. But you, um, you, uh, who'd you, oh, right, so you waited on quarterback and you got Richardson. Back to your team. Sorry, Heath. Cup, Taylor, Aaron Jones, DJ Moore, then Christian Kirk. Now you've got your three receivers, you've got your two running backs, and then you draft Jahan Dotson as a flex and Samaj P. Ryan in your next round as a bench player, or maybe he's your flex and Dotson is your bench player, whatever it is. Uh, so what did you pass up there um, with Dotson and P. Ryan, and do you have any regrets? So Dotson was Trevor Lawrence, and I'm not taking him that early. The, the tight end that was, would have been next for me was Dallas Goddard, and I'm not taking him that early. Um, that maybe, I think, <clears throat> Like those running backs, um, P. Ryan, Cam Akers, Rashad White. I don't have a big difference between James Cook. I don't have a big difference between those guys in my projections or my rankings. So I, I don't. I, as far as quarterback goes, 
I don't feel like I missed out because I feel like Anthony Richardson has as much upside as the elite guys and Dak Prescott has as much floor as anybody. Okay. And when you look at your first five picks, Cup, Taylor, Aaron Jones, DJ Moore, Christian Kirk, do you feel better about your wide receivers or your running backs at that point? And just one last time, I'll read them. He's got Taylor and Aaron Jones at running back. He's got Cooper Cup, DJ Moore, and Christian Kirk. And your sixth pick was Dotson instead of a guy like Rashad White or Cam Akers or Kamara, who was on th- off the board in round six. So um, did you feel better about running back or wide receiver after your first five rounds? I felt better about running back than wide receiver. That's why my next pick was a wide receiver as opposed to a running back. But I felt – I, I mean – like I feel pretty good about both of those, and that's why like at the I don't I hate that pick at the end of round three. You talked about it too when you took Burrow there. Maybe I should just start taking quarterbacks there, because generally that's where my rankings diverge the most from what everybody else is doing. I think my top three players in my queue when I picked Aaron Jones might have been Aaron Jones, DJ Moore, and Christian Kirk. <laughs> I, I know I agree. I I don't like. I mean I like the late pick from the in the first two rounds. Right, I mean, I think if you have a late pick, you're you're probably going to love your first two picks, but you're not getting unless you're willing to take Mahomes, Allen, or Hurts, you're not getting them. So, I mean, it is pretty interesting. Like Heath, when you look at round two here, you took Aaron Jones. You would have taken Mark Andrews. He went one pick before you. Uh, where is the end of the players that you're just super stoked to have? Um, Mark Andrews, and all the guys who went before them. Are you super stoked to have Higgins, Olave, Mixon, Hertz, Allen, Etienne, Calvin Ridley? Ridley's probably the one that doesn't fit in that group for me, but he's getting closer. But I, I've, I've got Ridley closer to a round four pick, but all the rest of those guys I feel really good about drafting in round three. Um, I think I'm probably on more of an island with Mayrone on on Travis Etienne. He took him in round three. I like, I like Etienne in round three. A lot of people don't. Um, but no, the rest of those guys, I feel really good. So I guess there are six or seven in the third round that I really like. Okay. All right, Jamie, your thoughts on Heath's team. It's Anthony Richardson, at quarterback, David Njoku, at tight end, uh, with Dak Prescott, Prescott as a very important backup here. Aaron Jones, Jonathan Taylor, Cooper cup, Christian Kirk, DJ Moore, Jahan Dotson at flex. Also Samaje P Ryan, an option. And on his bench are the players that hopefully will get signed soon. <laughs> Zeke and Fournette. And uh, Jalen Warren and Rashad Bateman. Your thoughts on Heath's team at the nine spot? Yeah, no, I I love the the starting group. You know, the the flex is going to be interesting depending on the Denver situation because Samaj P. Ryan could still be a home run uh, depending on what happens to Javante Williams there. And and I know Heath's probably a little bit higher on Dotson than than most, but he's got as much upside I think as a lot of the second year wide receivers. And the same with Bateman if he's healthy. You know, so his receivers are are great. Uh, I I think he did exactly what you should do when you draft Anthony Richardson, especially if you know your league. And so, you know, the way that he, I think, played this out, and I'm just looking at it, like Jacob ended up with Geno Smith and Daniel Jones, so I think he could read that maybe he wasn't going to jump in on Dak Prescott at some point. And we know, like, some of our other managers in this league tend to wait on quarterback as well. So, you know, to end up with those two guys, that's the the perfect safety, you know, valve for for Anthony Richardson's flaws. So, yeah, it's a, it's a great group. I don't love his bench, but I, I, I think, especially his running backs, but I, I think as long as – you know, Jones and Taylor are, are, are healthy. Um, that's a great, great duo. Okay, we're going to take a break, talk about my team, talk about the team that took Travis Kelsey, how'd that one go, um, and we'll be right back. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. 
Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I had the 11th pick in this 12-team half PPR mock draft where you start three wide receivers and a flex. And I did get a top five quarterback and a top seven tight end. You know, those seven tight ends are... Kelsey in tier one, for most people, Mark Andrews in tier two. And then I think for a lot of us, five tight ends in tier three in some order. Hawkinson, Pitts, Waller, Goddard, Kittle. I got the last one. I got George Kittle. I was lucky to get him in round eight. So having a top five quarterback and a top seven tight end, I was happy about that. Uh, My first two picks were Stefan Diggs and Nick Chubb. I then went with Joe Burrow. And then, you know, really tough pick for me in round four was DeAndre Hopkins. But... You know, I I like all of my picks except rounds four through six. I don't know how I did, and I will ask you guys how you feel. So Diggs, Chubb, Burrow, very happy with that start. Kittle in round eight was great. I'm happy with Gabe Davis at pretty much the very end of round seven. I'll talk about my bench later. But DeAndre Hopkins in round four, then pick 5'11", DeAndre Swift, and pick 6.2, Javante Williams. Those guys might make or break my team. Maybe I only need one of them to be great. But Hopkins, DeAndre Swift, Javante Williams. Nervous about all of them, Jamie. Uh, what, what would you say if I did anything right or wrong there with Hopkins, Swift, and Javante? No, I don't think you did anything wrong. I, I, I think Javante Williams round six is perfect. You know, that's one thing. I, so the, the story that I wrote was kind of just, you know, this is our first draft after camp started. So here's where some of the buzzworthy guys went. And I probably should have included Hopkins in there. But I, I, I just was looking more at the running backs. But I think, you know, I'm just looking at the receivers that were drafted around Hopkins. Like, I like Jerry Judy better. I like Christian Watson better. And I would probably take Debo Samuel over him just so the guys who went after him. Um, you know, Hopkins, DJ Moore, you can certainly, you know, split hairs on, on those guys for me. But uh, you have a feeling that DeAndre Hopkins is still going to be, uh, I don't know, elite. I don't want to put those words in your mouth. But, you know, at, at, at close to that level or still perform at a very high level. So you probably like him clearly then better than these guys. I don't know what you would have done in full PPR. You know, just based on on his role, but Hopkins. I mean, look, yeah, Hopkins. He, yeah, you 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 like him. So uh, again, you weren't going to get him with your next pick. So I get it. You know, so that's fine for me. And then in round five, you took uh, Swift. Look, he's 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 going to be very polarizing. If he plays the full season behind that offensive line and in this role, better than Rashad Penny, then we're probably drafting him way too low. But there's risk attached to it because Penny's there, other guys are there, his injury, you know, history. So. Like you said, you just need one of those two guys to really hit to be successful, and it's not a bad idea based on knowing that you're at the end of the round. Take a shot on two of them and see how it goes. Let me get your take on this. So, so Jamie, you know, we've, every I feel like every day we talk about the mid-round running backs being good and, and we like them, and there was a stretch of Miles Sanders in round four, kind of middle of round four. Najee Harris actually fell in the middle of round four. 
um, then Sanders, then Madison, and then Jamie goes Damian Pierce, J.K. Dobbins at the 4-5 turn, and then we get Ken Walker. And now when we started this process months ago, I was calling James Conner my favorite sleeper, maybe my favorite pick in the draft because nobody really wanted him, and he was falling to round seven or so. Well, James Conner certainly would have been my pick if he had been available to me in round five, but he went with pick 5.8. And all of a sudden... I actually, I, 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 okay, okay, sorry. All of a sudden, after that Connor pick, I no longer really feel great about any of the running backs at their value. I, I almost felt like I was reaching. You had I, Swift, Montgomery, Javante, this is <clears throat> ra- late round five into round six. Swift, Montgomery, Javante, Rashad White, Cam Akers, Kamara. Those are the running backs at the very end of round five and into round six. Heath, I don't know how you felt about that, but as soon as Connor felt off the came off the board, it was a little bit of a deflating feel for me. Well, I like you know I love David Montgomery, so I would have just taken Montgomery where you took Swift. I thought of that three pick stretch. I like Hopkins' value. I love Javante's value. I just didn't like the Swift pick. Um, but I also thought, like, how much different would your team look? And I know like George Kittle in round eight seems like a great value, but I'd rather have Hawkinson or Pitts, and then. There's 17 running backs that go after that group you're talking after Connor goes that are all kind of in the same range. Mm-hmm. And so I, I I just wonder if you'd taken the tight end there and then just taken a running back, a different running back a little bit later. You definitely could have got Gabe Davis up, up around later. Okay. Um just because but but like if I was just switching one guy, like the other guy that I still feel pretty good about his role is David Montgomery. I like Montgomery at his ADP, but this is earlier than his ADP. I mean, this was the first pick of. I thought he was six. round six. This is the very first pick. I didn't think. Let me see, let me check. Maybe maybe he's even. Later. I, I would, I, I'm I'm with Heath. I would have taken Montgomery over over Swift and over Javante personally. Okay, um, Montgomery. And I would have taken Rashad White over them too. Draft Sharks. He's seven point one. He's uh, number. He's but who cares about ADP? Well, you know, like you're, you're, passing, not you're passing up on one. you're bet passing up on better players at other positions. Maybe I'm just saying. But you took the same position, though. I know, and I'm <laughs> just saying I didn't feel great about it. I felt like I had to kind of, but I I just didn't. I feel, think that's I the important distinction to make here is if you get to round five and you have one running back, you do not have to at all. Not even kind of. You definitely don't have to double tap at the five six with two running backs. I liked Javante there though. I would. Say I, I did too. Yeah. But there's going to be running backs in round seven and eight that I don't think are that much different than the guys at round five six. Yeah, maybe. And I, I also would, would would lean toward you're taking two swings, huge swings. Yeah. If they hit, they're great. But the floors for both those guys could be awful for Swift and yeah. Williams. Okay, um, that is my team. Let's see how the Kelsey team looks here. And just if you take Travis Kelsey in the first round. Well, you said you give your bench. Why don't you give everybody? Oh yeah, my bad. My bench is. I guess I could just look at this, right? Um, my bench is Quentin Johnston, uh, Jamal Williams, Jerome, which I think is a good pick if you Jamal Williams if you don't love your running backs, uh, Jerome Ford to back up Nick Chubb, Jacoby Myers. Chigo Conquo, which was an auto pick, <laughs> and Aaron Rodgers, which was not an auto pick. My last pick. The Kelsey team. All right. You take Travis Kelsey in round one. How is that going to look? That was the sixth overall pick. Well, Kelsey, Derek Henry in round two. Travis Etienne in round three. This was Marone Berkson. 
Um, all right, so he goes three rounds. He does not have a wide receiver. His next four picks are wide receivers. After Kelsey, Henry, and ETN, how did Marone do? Jerry, Judy, Terry McLaurin, Michael Pittman, and Mike Williams. Um, how do we feel about this? Star- and then Tua Tungavailoa. So he goes Kelsey in round one, Derek Henry, Travis Etienne, Jerry, Judy, Terry McLaurin, Michael Pittman, Mike Williams, Tua Tungavailoa. Jamie, how do you feel about that team? I don't hate it. You know, I mean, I, obviously there's some flaws when you talk about Pittman and, and McLaurin and what maybe the, the ceiling is. You know, for for those two guys, Pittman more so because of the, I guess both of them with their quarterback situations and McLaurin. You know, we had this conversation with with Dan a couple weeks ago in terms of what tier should he be in and how how good is he actually as a fantasy wide receiver. But if you're going to go tight end, running back, running back in a three receiver league, you're clearly chasing. And I don't think this is a bad group because he really only has to play three of them and then just sort of manage his flex. And so I think most weeks you're definitely going to start some combination of, in my opinion, Judy McLaurin and, and then just decide on Pittman and Williams and how that's going. But in half PPR, I think Williams is, is still going to be fine if he finds the end zone. So I don't hate the group. I don't hate his quarterback. I don't hate his, his starting running backs. It's just he spent a lot of capital on his, his backup running backs. Uh, some of it was auto picks. And, you know, this is, I think, the, the way we do our mock drafts is we don't have all the time 12 fantasy analysts. We have people that are good at fantasy. Marone's one of the best you'll find. Um, but he's not just, this isn't his job as a, as a fantasy analyst. And yeah. so you get some of the real life scenarios. You know, you brought up, um, you know, you can see in the draft board, Zach Brooke, who drafted uh, the the picks that you thought were a little bit different, you know, with, with JJ Brown and um, Josh Jacobs, you know, over some other players. That's what we're going to see in drafts. You know, people are going to do that. And that's what I love about our mock drafts. You know, somebody, I think, commented in the YouTube page, did Dave really take three tight ends? I didn't even notice that until I just saw it. <laughs> you know, so um, people doing different things. Um, so, yeah, Marone has some auto picks. But I think his team is fine, you know, if you go Kelsey this way. Yeah, I don't know how you guys feel, but right before McLaurin, you get three wide receivers. So, like, I mean, Kelsey, Henry, ETN, Judy, kind of feeling that right there. Um then right before his McLaurin pick, you get Amari Cooper, Chris Godwin, and Drake London off the board. Um, I don't know. Would you guys have been a lot, lot happier if he had had any of those three: Cooper, Godwin, London, instead of McLaurin? Of course. Yeah. I don't like Godwin as much as McLaurin, but I would have liked the guy that went after McLaurin, Christian Kirk, yeah. over Trey McLaurin. And that was what point. I would have done though if I was Marone is I would have taken Justin Fields. Like he got a gift there that he passed. You know because it's like. What what is what is going to set his team apart, you know? And and look, he's a Dolphins fan. Maybe he's going to draft Tua no matter what, and that's fine if that's how you feel. But if you say you got potential top five quarterback, number one tight end, those two running backs, and Jerry Judy, that's the build you're looking for. Same point when we were talking about Adams' team. Like just because you get to round five and you only have one wide receiver doesn't mean that you have to take one. You could just go be elite somewhere else. Right. Right. Yep, it's a great point. Okay, um, can I talk to you about Jarek McKinnon? If you guys would indulge, please, me. please. Well, you're starting to think about this offense here. They lost Juju. They lost, and he was like second on the team in every receiving category. Maybe not touchdowns. They lost Nicole Hardman. 
who caught some touchdowns in eight games last year. Kadarius Toney is already hurt. You know, Jarek McKinnon, if you split his season up before the bye and after the bye, maybe they were intentional about getting him more involved. And it also kind of coincided with when Clyde Edwards-Zilaire basically just hit the bench or got hurt. Um, but, you know, because Pacheco wasn't doing much in the passing game. First seven games before the bye, he was on pace for 41 targets. He had a 6.8% target share. This is Jarek McKinnon. Last 10 games after the bye, he was on pace for 92 targets. 73 catches, 673 yards, 14 touchdowns, which is crazy. Jarek McKinnon had a 24.2% target share after their bye week, the last 10 games of the regular season. Um, maybe there's something to it there. I, I really feel uh, bad about just dismissing it yesterday. Now, I will say that in his last six games, playoffs and Super or last three regular season games and then three playoff games, he averaged only 3.2 targets per game. So that's a big red flag. But yeah, maybe this is a guy who has that passing downs role. <laughs> he had the third most receiving touchdowns in a season for a running back ever last year. But I think I may have dismissed him a little bit too early. He is not even a top 40 running back in ADP. Heath, your thoughts on McKinnon? I just don't think we're going to see a huge role for him. Like you said after the bye. And the Chiefs have a week 10 bye this year or a week 13 bye. It might be after the bye again. Um, I I don't I can't imagine with a running back his age that he's going to have a very big role. They just put him in bubble wrap until December or November. Okay, Jamie, your thoughts on McKinnon? I, the the touchdowns is what scares me. You know, he was he was so great at finding the end zone. Is that something you want to try and replicate? A running back receiving touchdowns is running back receiving touchdowns. You know, and and so while this offense is clearly the most creative in the NFL and maybe the most creative we've ever seen. And the quarterback is going to rely on everyone, which is why, you know, guys like Richie James should be on your radar. And you mentioned Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Adam. Obviously, we're going to get more, more excited about Sky Moore and Racy Rice and those guys because of the injury now to Kadarius Toney. So, yes, he's going to be involved. But, like, I think the – like, I'm just looking at his game logs here. Is he going to get six catches regularly? Well, I mean, he, he had a pretty good stretch of, you know, five or more. So that's potentially still there for him. But is he going to go five for 52 and two and give you, you know, th- that stat line consistently? Of Obviously not. not. No, of course not. But- so it's, it's, it's the, what, what are you looking for? So is, is he a great buy at his ADP? 100%. For sure. Is he somebody that you want to rely on as a starter? No. I am less concerned about the touchdowns and more about the... Well, no, concern is not the right word. I'm certainly skeptical of the touchdowns. I'm less interested in the touchdowns and more interested in the 92-target pace in the last 10 games of the season. I just I think that we... and I don't know if we talk about guys who are better in best ball, especially best ball where you can't have ads or drops, but I think McKinnon's one of them. Because I wouldn't be surprised if he goes a month early in the year where his involvement's really... Or even if he has, like Jamie said, five catches for 40 yards and doesn't have a touchdown, and then the next week he has three for 18. And it will be hard to hold on to him if he goes through a four- to six-week stretch like that early in the year. <laughs> but if you dress him in the best ball league and you never have to decide when to start him and you can't drop him, then I think he's probably going to pay off late. Cool. Some more news and notes for you before we hit the road. Got a mailbag show tomorrow, by the way, so we're going to fire through those. Apple podcast questions, emails at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. 
Uh, Aaron Rodgers signed a new deal, $35 million less over the next two seasons. A nice pay cut for the Jets there. Dallas safety Donovan Wilson could be out four to six weeks after straining his calf. Bryce Young is Carolina's starting quarterback. They didn't say he's going to start for sure week one, but he is QB1. He's going to start week one. Um, Oh, you know, kind of interesting if we could talk about the Baked Burger Dynasty League. Um, Bryce Young went, in our startup Dynasty League, Bryce Young went 21st overall. Just after Tua, just before Amonra St. Brown, Brees Hall, Dak Prescott, Chris Olave, Jameer Gibbs. Jamie did not like that pick. Dan Schneier loved that pick. He was going to take Bryce Young if he had fallen to him um, two picks later. No. You didn't like it, though. I didn't like Bryce Young? You didn't like that pick. No, it's not that I didn't like that pick. I thought it was just this, this is what I said to you. Like This is why I like going quarterback, quarterback early in this format. Because I don't want to reach for Bryce Young. I think Bryce Young's fine in Dynasty for sure. Yeah, I mean, but, you, but, but you thought it was a reach. I didn't 21st? think it was a reach. It's just, oh, no? it's just this is what happened when, you, when the quarterbacks get pushed up and you start to take these quarterbacks. I don't think it's a reach because this is the format. Superflex and, and, and 2QB. In, in a startup Dynasty League, this could be a top 10 quarterback. Well, and I think these two, Young and Stroud, like we poo pooed them a lot in one quarterback and or redraft because they're rookie quarterbacks and because they're not going to run as much. But I think they're both going to be really like Jamie said, top ten. I feel pretty good about them both being really good top fifteen quarterbacks for a decade. And so in a super flex dynasty league, this is the place where they get bumped up the most. And I I I would have not taken it before St. Brown for sure. But amongst the quarterbacks, I thought Bryce Young went in the right place. Okay. All right. Sorry, Jamie. Didn't mean to misquote you there. Uh, um, more news and notes. Davis, where did I say reach? I want to. Say, I want you to know where I said reach. Oh, you want me to get the text messages out? Yes. Yes. All right. Let's do this. Let's do this here. Well, Jamie and I both went QB QB, and it's it's really interesting the quarterback position. It's startup dynasty QB super flex league. Uh, the, there's like a you think about that next tier of quarterbacks. They're all kind of older. They're not just worse performers. You know, when you talk about guys like Dak Prescott and Kirk Cousins and Geno Smith, uh, Daniel Jones would not fit this description. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, not only are they performance-wise a tier below, but they're also not guys you want to necessarily start your dynasty team with because they are older. Um, all right. Uh, by I, the way, I do so think one of those guys is going to fall to like round five, and then the Bryce Young pick will look a little sillier. Right. By the way, so smart to go QB, QB in that draft. That's what Jamie said. I said, I think so. It's much different than redraft. The QB field gets old quickly. Jamie said, yep, 100%. Or you're just reaching for guys like Young and Stroud. Both can be good and better than Richardson, for example, but still feels like a reach. So that's what you say. You okay, say. I said it. <laughs> <laughs> and then I said, the guy who took Bryce Young uh, uh, is a Panthers fan. And you said, LOL, okay. So, yeah. Um, All right. Uh, Davis Mills and C.J. Stroud are currently competing for a starting job. Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask split first-team reps. A couple of offensive linemen got big Uh, contracts. Gardner Minshew took all the first-team reps. Oh, thank you. Uh, Thank you for bringing that up. (laughs) Giants signed uh, their left tackle, Andrew Thomas, to a huge deal. Houston signed their right tackle, Titus Howard, to a three-year extension uh, with $36.5 million guaranteed. Zach Ertz is on the pup list. I think I already mentioned that one. Yeah. Noah Fant is on the pup list. He should be off pretty quickly. And for IDP leagues, Shaq Leonard, um, formerly Darius Leonard of the Colts, 
clearly one of the best defensive players in football when he's healthy. Says he feels the best he's felt in a long time. He had multiple surgeries on his back, which was done to alleviate leg pain. The first surgery did not go well, but we'd love to see him back out there. He's an IDP superstar. All right, that's it for me, guys. Thank you very much. And uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. So we got the mailbag tomorrow, and then, yeah. That's, oh, yeah. Live stream, hopefully, next week. I think I've said everything. I think I'd like to go now. What do you guys think? Are you all good? Outro of the year. Best mail host. We'll talk to you tomorrow on Fantasy Football Today.